0: Hello
1: and welcome to Unknown History. I'm your host Giles Milton. If you listened to the last season of this show inspired by my new book Checkmate in Berlin, you learned all about the tensions in post-war Europe that provoked the Cold War. And if you haven't listened to that season, I highly recommend that you catch up. Today, I want to tell you about a new audiobook that sheds more light on that same period of history. It's called Agent Sniper by Tim Tate. Agent Sniper tells a story of one of the most important spies of the early Cold War, Michael Goleniewski, codename Sniper. For years as a lieutenant colonel at the top of Poland's espionage service, Sniper smuggled thousands of top secret Soviet documents from behind the Iron Curtain. In January 1961, he abandoned his family to make a dramatic defection across Berlin with his mistress to the safety of the American territory. There he exposed more than 1,600 Soviet bloc agents operating undercover in the West, more than any single spy in history. Much of his career is still kept secret, so the full story of his exploits has never been told until now. Keep listening for an exclusive clip from the new audiobook, Agent Sniper. And if you like what you hear, you can get the book using the link in the episode notes or wherever books or audiobooks are sold.
2: Introduction Even for a spy, and whatever else he might have been, he was a devastatingly successful spy, the man had a remarkable collection of identities. To Poland's intelligence service, he was Lieutenant Colonel Michal Golianewski, a 40-year-old decorated former army officer, married to a Russian woman and the father of three children, and who, by the end of the 1950s, headed one of its most important espionage departments while simultaneously working for the KGB in Moscow. In the same period, members of Poland's anti-communist movement knew and feared him as Dr. Roman Tarnowski, a relentless interrogator of dissidents who worked for the General Prosecutor's Office. In East Germany, to which he travelled regularly, the files of East Germany's secret police, the Stasi, also recorded his name as Tarnowski, though without the honorific doctorate. Meanwhile, Irmgard Kampf, his East German mistress in the Soviet sector of Berlin, to whom he had funneled thousands of dollars, Deutschmarks and pounds Sterling, all stolen from Soviet bloc spy funds, believed him to be Jan Roman, a widowed Polish newspaper journalist. In the United States, the CIA registered him under his self-chosen cover name of Heckenschützer, or Sniper and reported that he was its most valuable undercover agent behind the Iron Curtain, a volunteer spy who smuggled thousands of pages of top-secret intelligence documents and microfilms to America, and who exposed communist agents throughout Europe and the West. In Britain, the security service MI5 assigned him its own cryptonym, Lavinia, and marvelled at the quality of information he provided about KGB agents who had burrowed into its sister organization, MI6, as well as into some of the country's most sensitive military establishments. When he defected in January 1961 across divided Berlin and with Soviet bloc intelligence agents hard on his heels, he initially announced himself to U.S. consular officials as Herr Kowalski, before telling them that he was really Lieutenant-Colonel Mikhail Golonevsky. But 24 hours later, as he prepared to board the US military transport flight which smuggled him out of Germany, he had become Franz Roman Oldenburg, an invented identity that he subsequently used to rent apartments in Arlington, Virginia and New York. With the CIA's blessing, he also solemnly gave this entirely fictitious name for his bigamous marriage, the first of two such weddings, to Irmgard Kampf. Two years later, to a succession of U.S. congressional committees meeting in secret, and to successive occupants of the White House, his name was Martin N. Chirico. Yet, simultaneously, he was the beneficiary of a CIA-sponsored private bill in the House of Representatives to grant him citizenship under his real name, Mikhail M. Golonevsky. But from early 1964, many of the white Russian diaspora and with them the most senior official of the Russian Orthodox Church in exile, accepted his claim to a very different identity and pedigree. They recognized him as Alexei Nikolaevich Romanov, the miraculously surviving son of the last Tsar and self-proclaimed heir to the imperial Russian throne. It was that highly improbable pretense which would cause him the most trouble. Michal Goliunewski was the most important yet least understood spy of the early Cold War. In April 1958, while working simultaneously at the top of Poland's espionage services and the Soviet KGB, he experienced a Damascene conversion from the communist systems which had sustained him since 1945. He volunteered his services as an agent in place on behalf of the West, and for almost three years risked his life to smuggle thousands of top-secret intelligence and military documents, as well as numerous rolls of microfilm, out from behind the Iron Curtain. Then, in January 1961, with Soviet bloc spymasters in pursuit, Golynevsky and his mistress, Irmgard Kampf, made a dramatic emergency defection across divided Berlin. He brought with him to the U.S. Consulate yet more top-secret papers and the identities of communist agents operating undercover in America and Europe. A subsequent CIA assessment of his tremendous contribution to the security of the West recorded that he had provided the names and details of 1,693 intelligence personalities, including officers, co-opted workers, and agents an unparalleled hall which has never been matched. Amongst the most serious spies Golunewski exposed were George Blake, the KGB's mole inside MI6, the five members of the Portland spy ring which betrayed British military secrets to Moscow, the deputy head of West Germany's Foreign Intelligence Service, a senior Swedish Air Force and NATO officer, and a traitor at the highest reaches of the Israeli government. The CIA called him one of the West's most valuable counterintelligence sources and the best effector the CIA ever had. It sponsored legislation in Congress to grant him U.S. citizenship, rewarded him with a generously paid contract, and installed him in a succession of safe houses. The British Security Service, MI5, praised his information as of inestimable value and was grateful for his copious, and invaluable services to UK national security. On the other side of the Iron Curtain, Golonewski's information and evidence devastated Soviet bloc spy agencies. In April 1961, a military court in Warsaw tried him in secret and in absentia and sentenced him to death. Thereafter, Polish intelligence began an extraordinary eight-year operation to track him down, and launched a covert campaign to discredit him in the West. But in late 1963, the United States government abandoned Mikhail Golonevsky. The CIA reneged on its agreements to pay and protect him, and blocked him from testifying to Senate committees. It harassed him and starved him of money, and secretly briefed Congress and friendly journalists that its former star defector had lost his mind. The ostensible reason for this was Golonevsky's entirely bogus claim to be Alexei Romanov, Tsarevich an heir to the Russian throne, who had miraculously survived the 1918 massacre of the imperial family and his demand for an alleged $400 million Romanov fortune smuggled to the West. The truth about Mikhail Goljonevsky, the story of his spying for the West, his defection, and the CIA's ditching of its former star agent, is much stranger than the fictions devised by him and his spy handlers at the CIA offices in Langley, Virginia. He was at the centre of the most serious espionage scandals of the Cold War and, as a Zelig-like figure, appears in the background of many others. But for six decades, this has been a secret history, obscured by obsessive official concealment, misinformation, and outright dishonesty. As a result, Mikhail Golynevsky has been largely airbrushed from history. His vital contribution to Western security has remained hidden in the closed files of American and British intelligence agencies and publicly clouded by deliberate disinformation as well as by his own erratic and eccentric behaviour. Golinesky defected in January 1961. The Cold War espionage secrets he exposed became largely obsolete with the fall of communism in 1989. Yet, many of the Western intelligence records detailing his remarkable contribution to the national security of the United States, Britain and its allies remain closed. As the organization which, from 1958 onwards, gratefully received Golonevsky's astonishing haul of Soviet bloc intelligence information and microfilms, and after his defection assumed control over him, the CIA unsurprisingly compiled extensive files on its star agent. It has, however, proved remarkably unwilling to disclose them. Freedom of Information Act requests produced eventually and reluctantly, two brief documents. When challenged about the paucity of this disclosure, the agency grudgingly handed over a further 14 pages. The FBI, which also worked extensively with Golonewski, has been a little more forthcoming, though the bulk of its intelligence files on him and his information remains resolutely unavailable. In Britain, the security service MI5 and the secret intelligence service MI6 are insulated from FOI requests. The Freedom of Information Act 2000 specifically excludes them from public scrutiny. MI5 does now voluntarily send to the National Archives some of its files, created more than 50 years ago, but this disclosure is entirely dependent on on its own unfathomable whims. The security service did, after some prompting, disclose that it had created and still held a file on Golinevsky, but said that, After careful consideration, we have concluded that we are unable to release it due to the continuing sensitivity of the material contained within it. Fortunately, none of these organisations is particularly efficient at hiding all its relevant documents. A painstaking trawl of FOI-released files on related individuals and cases yielded a large number of pages from the otherwise withheld Goljanevsky files. They have been heavily redacted to remove references to his name as well as the cryptonyms assigned to counter-espionage operations launched on the strength of his evidence. Piecing together these scattered fragments was often akin to completing a jigsaw puzzle without the original image for guidance. But the published memoirs and private papers of four of Golianewski's CIA handlers helped fill in some of the missing corners. Yet the most important advance has been the release of the long secret files of Poland's intelligence service relating to Mikhail Golianewski. They are held and available... Unredacted at the Institute of National Remembrance in Warsaw and offer a very different perspective on the man and his motivations. By consolidating and cross-referencing these extensive records with the declassified American and British documents, a more nuanced, more human and ultimately more troubling picture emerges of the most important intelligence agent of the early Cold War. Behind the CIA's public claims that their once invaluable agent had tragically lost his mind lies a rather more disturbing story, or rather stories, about the reason the agency cut him adrift and how that affected Western intelligence. It is a tangled tale, which includes the covert recruitment of Nazi war criminals by US government agencies and a Golynevsky-inspired mole hunt within both the CIA and MI5. Both agencies, like Goljonevsky himself, became lost for a decade in the wilderness of mirrors that is counterintelligence. Their obsessive and ultimately fruitless pursuit of an alleged KGB mole burrowed into their respective senior ranks, tore apart the West's most vital security services just as fatally as their former star defector devastated Soviet bloc intelligence agencies. In the process, the CIA itself became the moving force in driving an already damaged man to genuine madness. The true history of Mikhail Golynevsky then, is that of a brilliant and courageous spy who was simultaneously a deeply flawed man, as is often the case. Driven by first-hand experience of the KGB's actions and capability, he risked his life and that of his family to volunteer his services and intelligence to the West. His is an extraordinary and largely untold story of Cold War espionage and skullduggery, of treachery and deceit, of passion and betrayal. But it is also the very human tragedy of a brave man with a remarkable intellect who undermined his solitary and fanatical mission with a fatal combination of arrogance, hubris and personal greed, flaws which were exploited and exacerbated by the country he had risked everything to help until its officials drove him so far down the rabbit hole of intelligence and counter-espionage that he ultimately lost his mind. And it all began in good spying tradition, with an anonymous and mysterious letter smuggled across divided Cold War Europe in April 1958.
1: Once again, that was a special excerpt from Agent Sniper by Tim Tate. If you want more, pick up your copy of Agent Sniper using the link in the episode notes, or wherever books or audiobooks are sold.